in the words of Public Enemies Chuck D. Bring the noise. Fifth Element Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this this is what's good, man. Oh man, this is like, welcome. Firstly, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you all had a good week. Uh, I have finally got my new phone, LG V40, sitting next to me right now, looking fresh as hell. But I still need to transfer my number, and who knew that would be a trick? But anyway. Enough about me. <laughs> uh, let's get on with the show. So, as it pertains to topics, uh, just to, you know, just before I begin, as it pertains to topics, we are only going to stick it to three this uh, this week. I feel like you know, um, an hour is usually what I have gone for. You know, that's usually the point of where I, you know, you, you know, I've mostly gone for for every show. So I feel like if I have topics that I know. You know, I don't know beforehand if I'm going to talk about these for a long time, but you know, some topics I just, I just have so many thoughts on. I can pretty much guarantee myself that it'll be very lengthy. So um, sometimes I just, uh, when I when I go for an hour, I always go for an hour, as you guys know, uh, and I also go for four topics. But sometimes those don't mesh; it's, they're not mutually exclusive, you know. So four topics don't always equal an hour. So. In, in this rare case, it is going to be three topics. I've done that before, you know, I cut out sports one time. But um, uh, for this time, I'm going to cut out music, believe it or not. Um, I just don't feel like there's uh, much music for me to talk about right now. I'm just uh, trying to listen to albums, you know, just trying to get that back, back on that. Uh, I feel like I'm flopping on that. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get back on, the uh, on like, listening to albums in particular. So, uh, yeah, just, but as pertains to this show, no music, three topics. We've got film and TV, life. And also sports. And yeah, so that's, that's pretty much how it's going to go. So formalities, got the email, Twitter, IG, Facebook. It's all there in the description, wherever you're listening. And if you are listening, thank you very much. So let's get on with the show. Let's, let us begin. I'm going to I'm gonna go with high, medium, and then high again. Uh, and you'll know what I mean when I get into it. So uh, I, I mean by energy. <laughs> so... <sighs> Right, let's talk about the Oscars. All right, let's let's just get into it. Let's. I have so many links. I have one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six links. I have six links to um to unload to you guys today. Uh, you know the amount of the amount of material I have as it pertains to talking about the Oscars and just you know uh, uh, and you know you know me. I'm gonna go in a more broader scope later on. So there's a lot for me to talk about. So. <laughs> So let's just start with the actual awards themselves. Let's just get through those, and then we will get through my thoughts on, you know, just the, just the overall. But um, you know, I might have some thoughts, obviously, on the particulars, and you you guys know where I'm gonna go with this. You you know where I'm gonna go with this. If you've seen the results, you know where I'm going to go. Okay, but what you might not know is that. Apart from the one subject that I most guarantee, I guarantee you, I will talk about at length. This is actually a very, very good year in terms of, in terms of diversity, in terms of representation, inclusion. However you want to slice it, I think this has been one of the best years in that vein. In that vein of representation of inclusion, this has been one of the best years that the Oscars have probably ever had. So, with in that respect, this has been a very, very, very successful Oscars. And, you know, just one that actually, you know, on the face of it, I am not angry about. I really am not. But, of course, as it, you know, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to just, just that one award, that one award, you know I'm just going to harp on it. But I would like to say, just before I begin, that this has been, you know, the Oscars and how it's gone, I think it was very successful. You know, no host and all, and just a, from from a award standpoint, it has been very successful, and I'm actually very happy about it. And 
Uh, but yeah, let's get into it anyway. So makeup and hairstyling uh, that went to Vice, being out Mary Queen of Scots and Border. Film editing, uh, Black Clans, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, favourite Vice, Bohemian Rhapsody won that. Uh, I'm kind of surprised on that one. I thought I thought it'd be either I thought it'd be either Vice or Black Clansman, but hey ho. Uh, visual effects went to First Man, being out Infinity War, Christopher Robin, Ready Player One, a solo Star Wars story. Very surprised that Black Panther wasn't nominated. I think I said that last time, but yeah. Original score went to Black Panther. Shout out to Ludwig Göransson, absolute legend. You know he's done uh, he's done Creed, uh, he's done Black Panther. His original score, like, his his scoring is just absolutely clean. And, you know, I'm not really... I haven't really ever been that person where I actually listen to film scores. I've only just started doing that recently. And, you know, one of the ones I really appreciate is, you know, Loving Gorenson. So I feel like... Yeah, I feel like if he's my boy, he might be my boy as it pertains to original scoring. Because... Every time I every time I listen to it, it's just absolutely clean. Um, I think the Creed two uh, 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 film score is actually better than the, the original soundtrack, in my opinion. I actually enjoyed the Creed two sound uh, film score instead. Uh, the Creed film score, the first film, first Creed is absolutely clean, and obviously Black Panther winning original score here. I am not. I am. I am completely fine with, and I applaud it. Uh, it's a very. It's an amazing film score, and if you actually don't listen to film scores, I actually think you should. Because, you know, it's it's an offset of classical music most of the time, obviously. But you know, most of the but as it pertains to Black Panther, and reason why it won it won original score, and we'll get to original song later, um, is because Ludwig Göransson actually put the time in, did the research, went to Africa several times to for, to actually you know look up cultures and what they use as instruments, and actually incorporated them into his original score and uh, I don't think any of the others actually did did the, put in that much work I don't think they put in that much work respect to you know people like Nicholas Brattel who did the uh, If Bill Street Could Talk you know respect to all those but I think in in terms of original score this is actually the best possible I don't, I don't think there was actually a competition in this to be honest uh, live action so- short film went to Skin uh, shout out to Bashi. Don't know if you remember Bashi, uh, a rapper uh, 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 from the UK. Uh, did, a, did was a was a, was a thing a few years ago, but now he's a more more of an actor these days. And uh, he was on the, he was in this short film, so uh, big up to Bashi there. Uh, animated short film went to Bao. I think uh, it was the first female to win female director to uh, direct a Pixar film. I think that was the I think that was the record here. But I think that'll be in one of the links uh, I'll get into later. So uh, yeah, animation short film went to bow. Uh, sound mixing, Bohemian Rhapsody, being up Black Panther, First Man, Roman Star is Born. Sound editing, Bohemian Rhapsody again. Uh, again, I, I do wonder why they bother having two. If they're just going to give two to, you know, the same film. Doesn't really, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to give it to a different film, then sure. By all means, but if you're going to give it to the same film, you know, you might, what's the point of the, the two awards? You might as well just have one, just for sound, like the BAFTA does. So, don't know why you just don't do that. But anyway, costume design went to Black Panther. Shout out to Ruth Carter, absolute legend. Uh, got her star via Spike Lee. Went to LA, uh, just being a designer, and she has come so far. If you really want to know her career. I suggest you uh, just just basically look her up. She's actually a very interesting person, very interesting career. The the places she has gone to, the films she has done, in terms of um, you know the black film lexicon is actually just very very uh, uh, very wide, very wide ranging. So uh, big up Ruth Carter, absolute legend in the in the game, and you know fully deserved, fully fully deserved. Cinematography went to Roma. Uh, shout out to Alfonso Cuarón. Production design went to Black Panther. Again, uh, I'll talk. I'll talk about these. I'll talk about these more uh, in on, on a later link. But uh, just yeah, just shout shout the Black Panther. Uh, best director went to Alfonso Cuarón in Ro- uh, for Roma. Uh, completely, completely agree. Actually, just you know, wash the whole award season. Every time it came up, it was always him. So no surprise there. Uh, actress in the leading role went to Olivia Coleman. Uh, I'm completely fine with it, actually. I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be either her or Glenn Close. Um, it would have been amazing if it was a Yelitsa a Parizio, but um, you know, obviously, obviously it won't be. And uh, uh, yeah, but Olivia Coleman's actually a good shout from Peep Show to here. Absolute 
career. What a career that is. Absolutely amazing. That career trajectory just went, just a steady rise. Always love that kind of career where it's just a steady rise, steady rise, all the way up to the top. Fully deserved. And her speech was actually very fun. Uh, actor in a leading role went to Rami Malek. No surprise there. You know, he's been, he practically whitewashed the whole, uh, the whole, uh, the whole award season on that front, on the acting leading role front. <sighs> okay, right. Original screenplay went to Green Book. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna start there. Not gonna start there. You know, we're getting, we're warming up to it. You know, obviously, I have my thoughts on that, but we'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't you worry, guys. Don't you worry. Adapted screenplay went to Black Klansman. Shout out to Spike Lee. After all these years, 30 years in the game, finally got his Oscar. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm in that vein of, like, you know... Uh, he 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 knows that awards doesn't make the person, you know. He has his career; it's legendary. Everyone knows who Spike Lee is, especially if you're in the film industry. Okay, everyone knows Spike Lee's name. Okay, in that vein, he is fine. He's fine, but you know, awards are always that that thing that you know you might not actually care about. You know, unless you're someone like J. Cole, who literally doesn't submit his work for you know Grammy nominations and all that. You know, it's, it's something that you you want, but you don't mind if you don't get it. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of that weird thing. But then when you win it, you're you, you're hopping both feet in the air, hugging Samuel Jackson. You know what I mean? So shout out to Spike Lee on that front. I mean, I completely I completely understand the happiness, and his speech was amazing. Go uh, peep that animated feature film, Spider Man Spider Verse. You know, complete complete wash again. You know, he, they've owned that. Uh, they've owned that category on every front in terms of the awards season. And shout out to Peter Ramsey, first black director to um, uh, to have a um, animated feature film Oscar. Uh, original song went to Shallow, Star Is Born, Gaga, uh, Bradley Cooper. You know, obviously I wish there was all the, st- full, all the stars Black Panther, but I feel like the reason why or you know shallow was so was always picked in terms of this and you know why it probably wasn't even close in terms of voting i, I don't think it was close um you know i'm not a voter so i don't know the statistics but i just i'm just like you know thinking in in lo- logical terms it probably wasn't close i think the reason why is because all the stars was a you know a very popular track a great track i still have on reg- my regular rotation as we speak but I think they pick original songs, and rightly so, they pick original songs that are actually, A, in the film, you know, all the stars are in the credits, and it's actually a better mix in terms of um, the credits, uh, when I, I remember when I first watched, actually the first and second time I watched it in cinema, um, I just like, uh, when I listened, to, when I was like watching the credits and, uh, you know, the songs, the song came on, I actually just had chills about that as well. You know, and it's just it's just a song that you know really holds that will probably hold like a really good place in uh, in my soul right now and like forever. Because when I watched that film, it completely changed like how I um, it really energized me at that point. And that's a story for another day. But um, yeah, as I'm as I'm talking about this original song, so um, yeah, the reason why they picked it, and you know, going back to original score. The reason why they went for the film score for Black Panther is because, you know, it obviously just went full in as it pertains to the film and the African roots and all that and the research. It was, you know, tailor made for it. You know what I mean? If if that, if this makes any sense, as it pertains to Shallow and the Star Is Born, obviously that is the song and it's a film about a singer becoming a singer. You know what I mean? And becoming a star. So it, it if it's if it's uh, the bigger part of it it has in the film, the better. That's what I'm trying to say. But anyway, continuing. Documentary feature went to Free Solo, uh, National Geographic uh, f- uh, documentary. Uh, documentary short went to Period and a Sentence. Foreign Language went to Roma. Uh, Acting supporting role went to Mahershala Ali. Big up Mahershala Ali. Absolute legend. Actually, just, you know what? One of my favourite actors right now, for for real. Like, one of my favourite actors. Everything... Nearly everything I've seen him in so far is just abs- He just commands the screen. He is an absolutely amazing actor. He actually was a D1 basketball player. We're going to be talking about sports later, and um, also uh, Spat Bars as well. He has a, he has a. I think he was in a rap group uh, in the night in the night. So yeah, that dude is mad talented, and yeah, big up Mahershala Ali. Uh, first, uh, well, actually, second 
uh, a person uh, to well, second black man to win uh, two uh, multiple Oscars. Obviously, Denzel is the other one. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a worryingly low list, but hey ho. Uh, actress in supporting role, Regina King, Bill Trigger Talk, big up Regina King. Like the career she has had, you know, of um, is absolutely, you know, again, similar to Olivia Coleman, actually, you know, just a steady rise, just a steady rise. Uh, we've seen her in a lot of things and, you know, a lot of classic, a lot of black classics as well. You know, it's just uh, the fact she got this is absolutely, you know, just a, a t- t- you know, a cherry on top as it pertains to her career. Not saying that, you know, her career's ended by any means. I think she's in a HBO's Watchmen actually coming up uh, uh, soon. So, you know, she she ain't stopping, she ain't stopping this. So big up Regina King. And finally, we get to Best Picture, which went to Green Book. Okay. So, where to begin on Green Book? And, you know, again, in the grand scheme of things, this was a very, very successful Oscars in terms of diversity, in terms of inclusion. I think it was very successful. I think it was actually more diverse than... Uh, the one two years ago when Moonlight and uh, uh, what was the other film? What was the other film? Fences, Fences. Uh, Moonlight and Fences were like, and Hidden Fingers were like taking the awards. So um, it was actually in that statistically more successful than that year. So in that vein, we are on the on the rise, on the rise in terms of that. But I can't, you know, I can't let it slide. Green Book is not an best picture. You can't tell me this. Of all the films, of all the films that you pick, you pick Green Book. So, let's do some research, okay? So, I wanted to see... uh, I wanted to find out how the actual ballot works. I wanted to see how it works, because I really want to understand how the hell, of all these films you could pick, you pick Green Book, okay? And, you know, I'm going. To, I'm probably going to repeat myself a lot, and I apologise ahead of time, but picking, let's be real, picking a best picture, okay, and picking a lot of films, doing an award ceremony of this magnitude, the crown jewel of film, okay, especially in the Western world, the crown jewel of film, okay, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, okay, the films they pick, you know, they mean something. They mean something, and I—I I don't mean you know in terms of you know just uh, just just what films they like. It's not about that. It's also about you know what they think in terms of uh, how they think in terms of American culture, where film is right now. All of that, the broadest, the broader spectrums. It means something on those broader spectrums. And the fact that you pick Green Book amongst all the controversy, amongst all the bullshit that Green Book has, the fact that it's even made is offensive to me, okay? It means something that they picked it for Best Picture and also Original Screenplay. The, the fact that it's an original screenplay, make, it, gives me, it gives me... It makes me cringe. Why is it an original screenplay? What? Because it's because it's not you know made by uh, inter- actually you know what a biopic right a, a, you know a dead on biopic let's uh, let's pick a biopic out of nowhere um forty two okay forty two the biopic about Jackie Robinson legendary baseball player broke the color barrier you know all that okay uh, I think it was written and directed by Brian Hengeland I'm I'm gonna look it up right quick but. You know, Brian Hengland has nothing to do with Jackie Robinson. Nick Vallelonga, however, was the main character's actual son in real life. So how is this not a biopic? That is my first question. Let me look up 42 while I'm talking right quick. You know, how is that... You know what I mean? It's written and directed by Brian Hengland. So, Helgeland. So, you know, in terms of that, that's a biopic. It's a legitimate biopic, you know? How how was that? How was that not an original screenplay? You know what I mean? Do you see where I'm coming from? When it was at, when Green Book was uh, written 
partly in part by Nick Vallelonga, who is part of the Vallelonga family, who is just so happens to be the son of the dad, who is played by Viggo Mortensen in the film. And you're talking to me about original screenplay, just 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 right there. Makes me makes me wonder what what, what is this film? Okay. Continuing, anyway, so I wanted to look how, you know, how the ballot works, so I found this on the Hollywood Reporter, how Oscar's preferential ballot works and could produce a best picture shocker, like now. So let's let's get into it, predicting the best picture, uh, this is written by uh, Scott Feinberg, by the way, uh, predicting the best picture Oscar winner within the degree of confidence has become considerably harder over the past decade, and we can thank The Dark Knight for that. In 2009, when the Oscar nominations were announced, Christopher Nolan's acclaimed 2008 comic book adaptation was not among the five nominees for Best Picture, bounced in all likelihood by a Holocaust movie, The Reader. It sparked outrage that convinced the Academy to take action. Uh, the organization's board of governors voted to expand Best Picture from uh, category from five nominees, which had been capped for 65 years since the year after Casablanca won Best Picture, to 10 in hopes of increasing the likelihood that a popular film like The Dark Knight would be nominated for the top prize in the future. Okay, so let's continue, let's continue, let's continue in the uh, in the article here. That system brought back in 2009 and employed to this day is referred to as the preferential ballot. Okay, so the preferential ballot. Uh, this is where it comes from. So, with the expansion of Best Picture category, the Academy also changed the voting method to determine the winner. Organization realized that a polarizing film in the year which which votes were really spread around conceivably win uh, with the support of only a small percentage of members, and that seemed wrong. A film like 2011's The Tree of Life, for instance, was in in my judgment, in Scott Weinberg's judgment, beloved by some members but strongly disliked by many more. It ended up losing to the artist, but it could have won. Uh, but it could have won had the Academy not implemented a form of voting for the Best Picture category only that it previously employed pre-1944, when it had, had uh, when it last had more than five nominees for Best Picture. So how does it work? Members are asked to rank all the Best Picture nominees from best to worst, okay? So they get they, they take all of them, from one to however many, seven for example, one to seven, seven, worst, first, best, obviously. Uh, so that makes sense, okay? Uh, and then the rest is handled by PWC, the Academy's long-time accountants. PWC begins by sorting through the best picture ballots and creating piles for each film listed in the top spot on a ballot. This year, for example, there will be one pile in which Roma is listed as top film, another for Green Book, etc. Unless a single film dominates by appearing in the number one spot more than 50% of all ballots, which can be difficult to do in a field of eight nominees, that uh, like there is yes, this year, PwC then removes the film that has the smallest pile of number one votes. But to ensure that the film supporters still have some influence on the outcome, PwC re- redistributes those the the ballots in that pile according to which film each ballot lists as its number two choice. So if a ballot from that pile lists a Star Is Born a number two choice, that ballot is added to a Star Is Born pile. So. It can't. It does sound a bit convoluted. I'm not sure if you guys are still with me, but let's continue regardless, and I'll try and explain it in layman's terms later. This process can continue for several rounds. The film with the smallest pile of ballots is eliminated, and its ballots are redistributed according to its second place choice or its third place choice. If the second choice film has already been eliminated and so on, that continues until one film's pile accounts for more than 50% of all ballots. So it's kind of a um, process of elimination, basically. A very convoluted process of elimination. Some voters think that they can avoid helping films they don't want to win by only listing a few of the nominees on their best picture ballot, but that is incorrect. If a voter only lists three titles, but those three titles are eliminated before tallying is finished, then that ballot is discarded and has no influence on subsequent rounds of voting. See, I'm glad that there's that failsafe because I find the fact that some voters think they can avoid helping films. No, just just do the one to seven. Just do the one to seven and what happens, happens, okay? Do it on your conscience. Stop it with the politics there. That is a politician that's a politic move right there. You, you why are you uh, why are you trying to avoid films? Just rank it seventh if you don't like it. It won't. It probably. It might not make it. If it does, it does. You know. You have to trust the system on that point. But the fact that you're trying to game the system 
is actually kind of snake sh- snake shit to me. That is some snakery. Absolute snakery. Anyway, continuing. Uh, I digress. <clears throat> is the preferential ballot causing films to win Best Picture that would have lost if the Academy were still using a traditional popular ballot with only a single line for a single choice? We can never know for sure. Since PWC doesn't release vote, vote totals, but there is one big reason to believe it is. A marked uptick in the number of splits between Best Picture chosen using a preferential ballot and Best Director using a popular ballot consider, the four, consider four of the last six years. Life of Pi's Ang Lee won Best Director, but Argo won Best Picture. Gravity's Alfonso Cuaron won Best Director, but 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture. Revenant's Alejandro G. Inaritu won Best Director, but Spotlight won Best Picture. And La La Land's Damon Chazelle won Best Director, but Moonlight won Best Picture. So how might the preferential ballot impact the 91st Oscars? Well, the two presumptive uh, Best Picture frontrunners, Roma Green Book, are actually rather divisive. People, people tend to either love or hate them, which means that they probably would have fared better with a popular ballot than with a preferential ballot. That doesn't mean they can't win with a preferential ballot. It just makes winning harder. Films that probably would not have fared well if voting were conducted using a popular ballot, Black Klansman, Black Panther, Star is Born, The Favourite, and even Bohemian Rhapsody, actually stand a real shot at beating them thanks to the preferential ballot. Many voters like them a lot even if they don't love them enough to put them at number one, and might therefore list them at number two or three, which could be enough to put them over the top. Right. <sighs> and breathe. So, <laughs> uh, just, to, just to say, this was actually before the Oscars actually happened, so um, the fact that he kind of kind of nearly predicted it is actually kind of fascinating there. Uh, continuing on there, even so, most planets are sticking with Roma, me among them, or Green Book, as their projected best picture winner, because sim- one simply cannot know with any real confidence which of the other nominees will wind up with the smallest pile after the first round, and or what supporters of that film, say Vice, are likely uh, likeliest to list on their ballot at number two. So, <clears throat> so, the point of this preferential ballot is to, you know, have that diver- have that diversity that possibly, you know, like Moonlight and La La Land, the, you know, the more, <clears throat> the more uh, not popular film, I've gone really croaky all of a sudden, two sex. <clears throat> <clears throat> Am I still croaky? No, I'm good now. So, okay, thank you. Uh, excuse me. So, where was I at? Yeah, so, um, the fact that, you know, the, 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 there is this preferential ballot, and I think in the long run it's okay, but just the, the fact that Green Book and Roma so so different so obviously people picked Roma because it was kind of a you know it was something different it was foreign it was fresh it was very muted it was you know obviously in black and white it was very uh beautiful from a cinema uh, cin- cinematography standpoint obviously as an art piece it was very similar to Moonlight very you know high art and very uh, interest, uh, very interesting on the art standpoint. Maybe from a, <clears throat> maybe from a, is this film interesting to watch? Maybe not. Maybe not. But that just, you know, on that flip side, I'm just wondering, why would you love Green Book so much? It is. I wonder what your demographic is. I'm just asking. Anyway, so. <sighs> I want. I wanna. I wanna. Let, let me just. Let me just do this uh, before I get into Green Book some more because, um, as like I said, it was a historic. It was a historic, you know, night in terms of you know diversity and all that. So I just wanted to shout them out. So, Hannah Bleachler, uh, Beachler, sorry, who was um, Black Panther's produ- head of production design, like she was. She, here we go, right? So this is the statistic, right? So this was the <laughs> this was the uh, first non-acting two. There were three non-acting uh, awards that have been won by black women. Okay. Uh, the other was in 1984. Irene Cara won Best Original Song. What a feeling. Okay. These Ruth Carter and Hella Be- Hannah Beachler were the other two. And it was on the same night. That is crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy to me. Roma obviously uh, was the first uh, 
Mexican for uh, first uh, Mexican uh, first foreign language honor, uh, first one Mexico's ever gotten, first ever dual wins in cinematography and directing. Alfonso Cuarón, so that's that's legendary in its own right. Um, Herschel Ali, obviously, uh, second black actor to win more than one Oscar for acting uh, on the foot, same footstep as Denzel Washington, and also Spike Lee. Uh, as I said, um, you know, uh, where's it, where's it say this? Um, prior, never, never, never won a competitive Oscar. Instead, only claiming honorary Oscar in 2015, but obviously took home that best app screenplay. And also, female directors uh, sweep the f- short film categories. While female directors were shut out of the best directed category in the 2019 Oscars, women took home all three Oscars for best short films for the first time in history, including live action, animated, and documentary. Directors uh, Raker. Uh, Zetabichi, sorry, there you go, Reka Zetabchi, and Melissa Burton, won Best Documentary Short for their Film, Period and Sentence, Domi Shi, and Becky Neiman Cobbs, uh, won Best uh, Animated Short for Bow, two other animated shorts and nominations, and Behavior in Late Afternoon, had at least one female director of the helm, four of the five live-action short nominees had co-ed directing duos, uh, with the Oscar going to Jamie Ray Newman and her co-director Guy Native for Skin, uh, Marvel Universe's first film, uh, first Oscar. Obviously, Black Panther won uh, uh, costume design, production design, and original score. So, yeah, <laughs> DC fans will be like, yeah, but, we, but Suicide Squad, my best haircut, best makeup. Who cares about Suicide Squad? Stop that. That was that's still that's still to this day just the most jarring win, but. In all this positivity, similar to how this what's what I see on Instagram, similar to how um, Taylor Swift won Album of the Year over Kendrick Lamar, and the best, in my opinion, hip hop album of all time, to Pimper Butterfly. I can't let it slide. I, amongst all this positivity, I could possibly get into, and I have, I have, I, I, I hope I have, in you know, uh, in a in a fashion that is um, appeasing to you guys, but. I can't get past this green book. And let me say, right, this is not the most egregious thing ever. You know, this film isn't the most egregious, okay? But the fact that we're in 2019, right, you would think these kind of films would be dead and buried. Not even, actually, not even dead and buried, right? You, 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 there are always going to be these, these these hella problematic films, you know? Uh, just from conception, the the magical black, uh, the the uh, what what do they call it, just um, just the magical black guy, you know, like similar to Michael Clark Duncan in a a, a Green Mile, and also you know the um uh, the 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 white savior role, the white savior role. Fuck, I hate that. I hate it. I despise that. Absolutely disgusting looking at it. It's just absolute garbage. Believe it or not, right? I'm gonna put these. I'm gonna put this. Um, I'm gonna put these two. I'm gonna put these two links in the in the description on the fifth element dog.uk, right? I'm gonna put these on the article, right? There were on the, on the way to the Oscars, you know, in the week beforehand, there were two two sketches, two sketches by two shows in America that actually that harped on this exact exact thing, okay? Uh, Late Night with Seth Myers did it. Uh, shout out to Amber Ruffin, uh, um, uh, amazing writer, uh, and also Jenny Hagel, uh, wrote, you know, this uh, the White Saviour movie trailer. If you haven't seen it, go peep it. And also Diaz and Miro, as part of their first uh, first episode, their new Late Night show, uh, Big Up the Big Up the Brand is Strong, uh, BX All Day, they, they actually did Green Book. And they called it the Greenest Book. And they made a parody on it. Like, this film is jarring from all angles, okay? And, you know, if you've listened to the show before, you know you know where I'm coming from, okay? And I'll probably repeat some of it. I'll, pre- I'll probably repeat some of it. But it's, it's just the fact that this film, ha- you know, ticks so many boxes on the bullshit, uh, on the bullshit quiz. It's just absolutely astounding to me why people like this film. Oh, it's very heartwarming. It's very uh, light, light-hearted and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's still bullshit. You need, you guys need to see past that. And I'm not stupid, okay? I'm not, I'm not stupid. And 
some people were just like having this, uh, giving this a rose-tinted glasses look. And you guys need to see past the film itself, okay? You need to look at it from conception, okay? The fact that you have this Dr. Don Shirley, again, based, uh, you know, these are based on two people, two real-life people. It is a biopic. It is factually a biopic, okay? Don't give me nothing about original screenplay, okay? It's in the depth it was a... Not the screenplay, but it's a biopic, okay? Yeah, anyway, so, um, don't give, don't give me all that. It's a biopic, okay? The fact that it's, there's so many, it's, it's one big microaggression. It's one big microaggression. So, as I'm talking about that, I want to show you, I want, I want to give you guys two amazing tweet threads that I came across. Uh, one by Jamel Hill, amazing writer for The Atlantic, and also Roy Wood Jr., the comedian. Uh, big up Roy Wood and Jamel Hill. So, the, these these threads are absolutely amazing. And just, like, actually puts it all into context of how bullshit this film is, okay? So, let's get into this. So, um, uh, she, uh, Jamel Hill actually uh, quote-tweeted another another uh, tweet by Alex Seatswald. Um, so, big up him, political reporter for NBC News. Uh, says, um, some, some of Green Book's best friends are black movies. You, you, you guys, you guys see where I'm going with this uh, uh, in a bit. Green Book also voted for Obama. Green Book marched with Dr. King in the '60s. It would have voted for Obama three times if it could. Shout out to work uh, out. Continuing on, Green Book has adopted Blue Book, so it could say that sort of thing. Green Book wants to ask if all this diversity is necessary. Green Book finds it uh, finds it racist that we don't have a Green Book History Month. Green Book's best friend is black. <laughs> Green Book wants you to know it had to work to get where it is today. Green Book thinks all lives matter. <laughs> Green Book doesn't see colour. <laughs> Do you get where I'm coming from, guys? <laughs> Green Book was uncomfortable voting for a black governor in Florida and Georgia. Green Book wants you to see both sides. Green Book understands that may the there may have uh, may be injustice, but doesn't like how and when you protest. Green Book is very concerned about the gun level of gun violence in Chicago, even though it probably doesn't live in Chicago. <laughs> Green Book moved to to this neighborhood for its vibrance and culture, and also calls the police at least three times a week. Oh God! You see where I'm getting at, guys. It's the, the like the fact that this film is trying to pose as a beacon for like ending racism. You know, what I mean, it's it, I know it's, I know they're not saying that, but they're kind of saying that in the trailers. You see, like, uh, you know, in two people from from different backgrounds uh, enjoying each other's company, eating chicken together. We eat. We ate chicken together, black or white. We same. We we shared the exact same KFC bucket. We 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 shared the exact same ten-piece bucket, four fries, and we ditched the fries because nobody liked KFC fries. That's a very UK-centric joke, but um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's just absolutely abysmal. The messaging this film is, and these and these writers and I don't know if you guys actually watch the Oscars, but watch the video of actual of of um of uh, all the all the all the people necessary uh, going up for the best picture. I feel like when you when there's a film such as this, you know, it, it says a lot about the people, the amount of people. Well, not not the amount, but the um. The, the the look the look of the people that end up going uh, onto the um onto the stage um i don't know if you guys noticed when you uh, if you if and when you've watched this preferably watch this so you get what i'm talking about there was a lot of old white guys in 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 the crowd uh, collecting that award just um just it's just a thought and uh shout out to Octavia Spencer who's actually executive producer for this film and I'm kind of wondering where were you Octavia I love Octavia Spencer she's amazing but I do wonder where 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 how 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 and where were you for this yeah you know how deep in how deep in this were you were you just there for name namesake or did you actually have you know weight to throw around here cuz 
I'm I'm just I'm just querying. I'm just querying because this is a perfect example of when of the Hollywood machine and you know, I don't wanna be, you know excuse me, let's take a drink. Um my throat's been very dry today. Um I don't want to be, you know, one of those people that, like, you know, the, sy- the system is rigged. No, no, no. I mean, probably is. But, you know, I don't want to be that kind of person. But this is a perfect example of when someone has a great story. Or, in this case, an amazing person. Right? And this has been done many, many, many times, okay? Over the, over the years, okay? Where, you know, a producer sees a film. They love it. You know, it's either done by this, um, you know, a young upstart or a or a family that wants to tell its story about this, uh, about their patriarch or their matriarch or, you know, important person in their family, yada, yada, yada. You know, they have all this and then the producer's going, this is great. But what about that guy? What What's that guy's story? Oh, he was racist, but now he isn't. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if we can, I wonder if we can, you know, revolve it around him, you know, and also Dr. Don Shirley, but, but mainly around uh, Tony, you know, let's, let's, let's explore that for a minute, you know what I mean, uh, it reminds me of that um, perfect, perfect example, that Family Guy episode, uh, where Brian uh, gets his, uh, gets his old script from college uh, actually made, and then the producer's going like, yeah, but what if uh, what if he was in college and uh, you know what if it was a comedy instead of a drama and then it was co- and then it turned into class holes and it wasn't the f- show it wasn't the show that he was thinking of you know it wasn't the show that the script was initially made of that is exactly what happens and this is a perfect example and the fact that it actually got best picture again speaks volumes about the industry and how they feel about this you know. They can they can vote for they can vote for Black Panther they can vote for Ruth Carter they can finally give Spike Lee his freaking Oscar but at the end of the day as it pertains to the Crown Jewel Best Picture and it pertains to Grammys and the Album of the Year they will always give it to the Taylor Swift of the bunch the Green Book of the bunch okay it's something that they just can't can't just quite evolve out of. Just go on, just can't quite do it. And the girl Charlie, they put it, they voted Moonlight. It's not about, it's not about just what, it's not just about one, one uh, film out of the year. Not about one award out of the year. It's a, it's a commentary on their over, on the overall Hollywood system and the overall Hollywood school of thought that this film. Uh, regardless of its um, controversy, and you know what, I don't even care about the controversy, you know, I don't care about Viggo Mortensen saying the N-word, I I do care, but you know, I don't, in the grand scheme of things, I don't care, because it's Viggo Mortensen, I just couldn't give a shit, to be honest. I'm talking about the the hidden stuff, Like, like similar to Jamel Hill, and and the and the string of tweets that came out of all this, all right? The microaggressions, the stuff that you don't usually see, the white savior. You don't notice it until you notice it. Tom Cruise, Last Samurai. Did you notice that when you watched it? No, you probably didn't. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's something that people need to notice. And again. The Oscars, and you know, I'm a person that is very into film, as you guys know. I want to. I am a screenwriter. Okay, I'm. I'm trying to do this. Okay. I am very. I am heavily invested in what is going on now because what is going on now will influence what's going on in the future when hopefully I am there, and I can actually voice up on it. And even and regardless, I'm voicing up now, so I don't even matter on that front. But it matters to me. But. If pe if people see Green Book, right? If you know the just a normal average Joe, they're just watching the Oscars just because, just because, right? They're in the they're in the middle of the sunflower uh, sunflower uh, state of Kansas. Okay, they're in they're in Kansas. They're watching the Oscars and they see Green Book. Green Book's a good film, you know. They're not noticing that. They're not noticing the white savior stuff. They don't know that. Uh, the, 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 they, you know, the film's producers and writers 
didn't actually involve Dr. Don Shirley's family into this. They don't know that. They don't know the insides of the film. They just see a film. They watch a trailer. They go and watch it. And if they enjoy it, then they enjoyed it. And that's what most people do. And that's what I like to do sometimes. You know, there's a film going on. Yeah, go on then. I'll give it a watch. You know, I'll do, I'll do that sometimes. But, like, being the only, I like to give put some research into that. And that's, that's just me. But I know why people, you know, sometimes just want to see films. <clears throat> they just want to see films just to unwind and just get away. And just, just watch a story happen. And that's fine. But as an overall thing here, and it just needs to be addressed, and it needs to be shouted out. And that's what I'm trying to do here. Shout out to Shadow and Act. Um, I'm really enjoying what they're doing now, because... Um, and also shout out specifically to Brooke Obi, because um, after after everyone wins their award in the Oscars, they go backstage and they ask her, and they get, they get answered her. They have a Q&A with um, reporters, you know, just, uh, just additional stuff, you know, and... Um, they also had that, and, uh, they actually omitted Donald Shirley from the, Os- from their Oscar speech, their best picture speech, and obviously Mahershali thanked Donald Shirley, and, uh, they kind of just used that as the, you know, as, um, oh, he said it, so we didn't have to say it, no, no, that's not how it works, so basically that's what happened, I'd urge you to watch it, because it's very interesting, the fact that, again, four white dudes are just standing there, there's nobody else there, it's just very interesting on that front, on the, from an optic standpoint, but Bukovi actually um, shout, uh, just asked him a good question, um, asking about, you know, responding to the, you know, all everything and, you know, Dr. Don Shirley and the fact he didn't include him in the, didn't include him and his family uh, into the, you know, the overall creation of it. And they basically said, uh, he he says this, actually, uh, Vallelonga, uh, the son, uh, came through, you know, came through with the mic and going, uh, Quote, I wish I could have reached out to Don Shirley's family, Valenonga said, then said, I don't even, I didn't even know they really existed. No. So, the New York Times obituary for Don, Donald Shirley in 2013, this is surviving family members, including his brother, Dr. Maurice Shirley, read our, exclu- read our exclusive interview with Dr. Maurice Shirley, where he calls Green, Book's, Green Book a symphony of lies. Pete Farrelly knows who they are, okay? Nick Valenonga knows who they are. That is a lie. Okay, so you're seeing where I'm coming from. They are just straight up lying now. And in the grand and in not the grand scheme of things, but in the mainstream, nobody knows. Nobody cares about the politics of this film. Again, but I do. Clearly. <laughs> um, but you know, just to finish off, uh, what well, shout out Roy Junior. I wanted to read his uh, tweets because they were just very funny in terms of satirical standpoint. He goes. Wanted old racist white man to drive me around to my comedy gigs. In return, I will teach you about racism and cornbread. After you learn everything, we will sell our story to Hollywood. Please DM your resume and favourite racial slur. Thank you, I'm repped by WME. Uh, people respond to going, I'm 52 and will be racist depending on back-end points. Uh, <laughs> Roywood responds going, studio is called, unfortunately your three decades of positive TV vibes with... Conan O'Brien make you a hard sell as a racist. Would love to have you come in and read for nice white man who does kind gesture for black man when no one is looking. Also, this film is non-union, no back end. Avery DuVernay uh, uh, responds to this. Uh, A person, uh, Danny Fernandez, uh, responds going, can I be your sidekick so whenever we get in trouble, uh, I can take off my sombrero and say, ay Dios mío. Uh, and Roy would go in, are you willing to carry a Jesus statue in your purse that you will pull out in every scene? <laughs> so, I, I hope you guys have seen the... Com- I'm trying to give you two sides. I'm trying to give you, like, what I'm thinking of it and, you know, the logic of it. And also the satirical point, because there is a comedy in this. The fact that it's filmed like this in 2019, even though it is not the most egregious uh, film from a racial standpoint, it is not... But the fact that it won Best Picture says a lot about the film industry right now. It says a lot. It says a lot about the voters. It says a lot about (laughs) uh, American culture right now. And overall, just that, I can't let that slide. I will never let that film slide. I don't care what you say. Uh, It might be a good film to you, but you need to see for it. Wow, that went on for a long time, 49 minutes. I am absolutely egregious for this. I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
right, let's keep this short. So, um, uh, I wanted to talk about Zion Williamson and uh, sports section. Uh, Zion Williamson and also payment players. So, if you don't know the story of Zion Williamson, he's an amazing, he's an amazing, absolute beast of a human being. Um, playing uh, college basketball for Duke, Duke University in North Carolina, and um, he basically makes a, he's basically a human highlight tape. He is absolutely crazy. His athleticism, his size, he's like 285 pound officially, right? Which is, if he went to the NBA right now, he'd be the second heaviest player, okay? And he's not a center. He's like six foot, I think seven, eight, right? So he's not the largest person, but like weight wise, he's absolute tank. He's a freaking unit, okay? <laughs> he's Akin Fenwa with a 40-inch vertical, okay? Right? That's what I'm literally, that's what I'm on about. He is Adebayo Akin Fenwa with a freaking 40-inch vertical. That's how much of a beast he is, all right? So he recently got injured, uh, busting through his... Uh, uh, he actually busted, bursted through his own uh, basketball shoe trying to make a move, which is just in itself crazy. Like, the way basketball shoes are made, the lockdown they have... That should be like virtually impossible, but the fact that his foot broke through the sole is absolutely absurd. How strong he is! All right, that's just that's just crazy. Anyway, so uh, it just made me. It just you know, there's been a conversation about you know, uh, should he play? Should he not? Should he wait until? Should he like take himself out of the uh, NCAA season and like wait for the draft? Because obviously, his body is his you know his is his door to make money later on. Um, and people going like, oh, no, you should sit down. And, you know, I don't really care about that conversation because logically it's his decision and I don't really, I, I can't, I don't think anybody should make his decision for him. It's his, it's his, if he wants to sit, if he wants to sit, he wants to sit. <coughs> Excuse me. If he wants to, um, uh, if, he, if he wants to play, he wants to play. Uh, he signed up for this. He did sign up for it. But regardless if he signed up for it, I really wanted to highlight the fact that NCAA and also just, um, you know, college sports, especially in the basketball and football, America football uh, front, because they make so much money out of those particular programs, depending on schools, obviously, is a, a good time to ask, why are they not paying players? So, you know, if you've played, you know, un sports in university, if you've been part of the Bucks circuit, you know, that's that's one thing, okay? That's one thing. <clears throat> but understand how much money, you know, not just not just university, right? The actual sports po program, right? The, the particular sport program that uh, that you know housed the either basketball or American football or track and field, you know, the amount of money those particular programs make for the university as a branch of the university is absolutely absurd. So let me give you some numbers, right? Um, so this is via Business Insider, uh, the top 25, uh, schools that make the most money in college basketball alone, okay? So we've got University of Dayton, 14 mil, Minnesota, 14 mil, uh, Florida, 14, Northwestern, 14.5, uh, NC State, 14.6, Alabama, f 15, going down the list, going down the list, top, uh, let's go top five, let's go top five, Indiana, 24.5 mil. Uh, Kentucky, 27.9, uh, Syracuse, 29.3, Duke University, 34.3, and number one, Louisville, 43.9, okay, that is a lot of money, and you're telling me that that has nothing to do with the players, that's just because you're the University of Louisville and Kentucky and Duke, that's just, it's just because you have the name? I highly doubt that, and this is and this is a couple years ago, right? These numbers were a couple years a couple years old, right? Well, actually, no, it says twenty eighteen, so about a year old, okay. So, considering that, and then add uh, Zion Williamson to it, and if you uh, are into basketball, you know how much time, how much airtime Zion and R.J. Barrett and Cameron Reddish and the whole Duke team have gotten over the over the past uh, season. That's a lot of TV money. That's a lot of TV exposure. They can't make any of that money under amateurism rules. They can't even they can't even sign a signature, right? They can't even sign a, a basketball, right, for a fan, and get money off it. They can't do that. They can't like host a uh, a signing a signing a you know a, a, a signing a session. You know, they can't like go to a bookstore and like uh, sign sign some books or whatever if they wrote a book. You know, what I mean, similar to that vein. 
in that vein. They can't, like, get a bunch of basketballs, excuse me, sign them, and then sell them off with their name on it. They can't do that. That's illegal, as it pertains to NCAA rules. So it just irks me. The, like, you know... <clears throat> it, 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 it it's it's different it's different like here because we you know as university sports you know i'm i'm kind of eh, i'm semi plugged into like you know uh, uh athletics from a university standpoint you know i'm i'm kind of yeah, i'm sort of plugged in i'm not really plugged in but I'm, yeah i'm i know what it is you know i'm abreast of it they don't make any money they don't make any money they go via funding okay these are actually these are actual basically businesses and they're pay and they're not and they're getting free labor it is free labor of these players that's what it logically is it's a business and they are getting free labor and college football is even worse and i don't go and i don't know if you guys watch america football but it's a, a contact sport and uh, uh there's a lot of potential more potential for injury so, with that said, it makes even more sense for uh, places like Auburn, which make, uh, uh, as of 2015-16, mil, and that's number 10. Number one is University of Texas, which makes nearly 100 million, right? 100 million, and you can't pay players, or you are unable to pay players, or you just don't want to pay players? It, it jars me. It really does jar me, and it just... Uh, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but I just wanted to talk about that. Um, I probably would have talked about it for longer if I didn't go through the Oscars in such depth. But um, but I just wanted to make the point that these young men, and women actually as well, are getting free labour. And I'm only talking about those specific two sports um, because they make a lot of money. You know, stuff like track and field probably don't make as much um, in terms of, like, American uh, college. They probably don't make as much money. So, in that case, they might not have a reason. That the, you know, but that also, that just make, that just asks the question, like, how much is a lot? You know, it's just, it's kind of arbitrary. Like, how much, um, how much is a, a lot of money to them? And how much is at a point where you have to think about paying them? Or give them, or not even that. Giving them compensation for their labour. Which is basically paying them. But anyway, last po- uh, last thing I wanted to talk about. And I'll, I'm going to try to be brief because, you know, I, I do actively try to go for an hour and, and try not to go over. So I will try not to. And I'll keep it brief. Um, uh, the, 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 this uh, recent news of the independent group in the UK right now, and obviously, um, you know, Labour and also Conservative members, you know, just um, just just switching up, were uh, you know, leaving their party basically, and forming this group, the independent group. I'm really wondering what they what they do what they what they're doing now. At a time where we need, you know, in terms of our government, we need, you know. One, you know, in the in the uh, abstract sense, we need one, everyone to be one, and everyone to be together and work towards one goal. You know, probably the probably the best time to do that right now. And they're doing the complete opposite and are doing things that are actually unprecedented. I, I don't, I'm not a politi- uh, I'm not a politics historian, but I have never seen a. Uh, I've never seen such a, you know, a actual fracturing, a visible fracturing of the top two uh, party, uh, political parties to a point where they're forming an actual own party themselves, you know, an independent group. This is, this is not even for us anymore, like, as people, as, like, you know, a public and the people, the quote-unquote, the people, the people, we the people. You know, this is they're not they're not like talking to us anymore. They're just doing it. They're just basically infighting. It's all infighting. That's all the government is right now. It's just infighting, and it has nothing to do with us anymore. Even though the things that they're arguing about and the probable reason, the biggest reason why they are fracturing, which is the exit, has everything to do with everybody. It affects us all, and the fact that they are forming different, they're forming a new party. While I'm, while I understand why they're doing it, 
is it really the best time? I don't think it is. It is probably the worst time to do it. With a month to go, practically. Literally a month to go. Month and two days. We are a month away from a historical shift. And they're forming a different, another party? Are you pissing me off? I feel like we should be more angry about this. But at this point, it's kind of... I'm... I, I, I'm I don't know about you, about about you guys, but I'm. I just look at these headlines sometimes, and I just get kind of numb. Where I'm just like, like we've been, we've been, <laughs> we've been screwed, like we've been screwed. That's that's basically all it is. We have been screwed, and um, just as soon as it happened, and you know, I I don't want to you know harp on to what happened. The past is the past. Let it go. Stuff like this, you know. I would happily do that. And I kind of have in a way. Well, probably not. But um, <laughs> I've shut up about it anyway. I, I just don't care anymore. You lot can talk amongst yourselves about it. But the reason why... And I've said this before on air in some form of fashion. Whether it was the old show or this show. But the reason why I voted for the side that initially lost was because... We had much more pressing matters. We had the NHS. We had poverty. We had... And we still... And just to say, we still have these problems. Okay? Just saying. We still have these problems. They're still going on. NHS. Child poverty. Homelessness. Just those three in general. I, I'm, I, I, can, I can whack out a list, but just those three. Just those three is enough, I think. The NHS... As a number one, is enough, right, to say we shouldn't do this right now. We should fo- we should focus on pressing matters like the NHS, like the backbone of this country, you know, and is the exact reason why I'm wondering why they're doing this independent group stuff. You know, it's the exact same thing. Why are you doing it now? Why are you? Why did we do this now? Why are we doing it now? And, you know, there are possible answers. There are possible answers for both. And But I, I can't... I... It's just exhausting. It really is just exhausting to watch people that we voted in. You know, we voted. And we voted these people... Uh, we voted these people in. Well... You, you, you people voted in. <laughs> you, you know who you guys are, but you guys voted them in, and now they are doing things that have nothing to do with us, and have everything to do with their careers. And I, I think the last thing that people should, be, that politicians should be doing right now, is trying to, I don't know, shore up their political portfolio. Or try to make waves. It's not the time for that. Really not the time for that. So. But like I said. We've been screwed. And I could. I could. I, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to be soft with it. And say screwed. I could, I could say much more. But. It's just something that has been. It's something that's constantly on my mind. But I don't really like to talk about it regularly. Because it can just get exhausting to talk about let alone for you guys to listen to so i kind of you know the next time i'll probably talk about this is probably uh when we actually when the march 29th comes around so stay tuned for that one but anyway that has been what's good right there i apologize for the uh, (laughs) i apologize for the uh, uh the 45 minute uh oscars tirade and honestly i only scratched the surface (laughs) There was a lot more that I could have talked about, but I decided not to uh, for the sake of time's constraints. But um, yeah, the last time I did that right was actually the first um, the first time I did what's good. Uh, I remember it. It was uh, the first of March, uh, nearly 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 anniversary actually. I just realised nearly anniversary, first of March, and um, I was very nervous doing it for Radio Sonar, so I didn't really know what I was doing. So I literally talked about the film industry for forty five minutes. That's basically what I did, and I nearly did, and I practically did that again. And considering we, uh, I'm a couple of days away from the anniversary of What's Good, um, 
that's quite full, that's kind of full circle, kind of poetic, and I, <laughs> I did not mean to do that, and I'm quite, I'm quite happy I did. That was a, that's, that's a very happy accident right there. So I'll take that as a dub. But anyway, <clears throat> I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, if you guys have any comments on uh, on what I talked about uh, today, uh, please hit me up on all the channels. They're all there in the description below, wherever you're listening. Uh, hit up the 5thelement.org.uk uh, for the articles uh, I've listed, all the links, and I'll throw in a few videos there just to um, uh, just to, uh, for more context on what I was talking about. And I'll probably, and I think I'll probably try and find a video uh, on the Oscars voting for Best Picture because I think I saw one a few years ago. So I'm going to try and look for that. Uh, don't don't hold me to it, but I'm going to try and find that if I if I remember correctly. But anyway, if you want to read any of those links, I urge you uh, to do so, um, especially on the on the Shadow and Act front, and uh, and also on the um, just a just a historical sense of what happened uh, the Oscars, and uh, it kind of gives me hope, but also pisses me off at the same time as, uh, as I try to balance out. So, um, yeah, from the Fifth Element Podcast... <laughs> from the Fifth Element Podcast Network, uh, I'm Charlie Taylor. This has been What's Goods. Have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. Take it easy. <laughs>